This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Welcome, everyone. Carm Capriato, Remarkable Results Radio, and the Aftermarket Weekly, Week 166, with my friend Reggie Stewart from Reggie's Motorworks and the Noble Mechanic, Noblesville, Indiana. You say that five times fast. Hey, good to have you here. Don't forget, we're 100% of all the Remarkable Results Radio podcasts are on YouTube, so you can not only Hear our lovely voices on your podcast app. You can also see us in action. And don't forget on our website, RemarkableResults.biz, we have a page called Classroom. And every time I sit down with a shop owner and I walk them through the classroom page, they light up. It's there to help not only you zero in on specific topics to learn, but to bring to your people and say, hey, let's do one on service advisor training or service advisor role plays. And there's about 22 different topics in Classroom. Let's welcome our friend Reggie Stewart. Hello there, sir. How are you doing, Carm? Good to see you. I am great. So here's the deal. We're going to stop and give a high five homage to our great friends at Dorman. And then we're going to jump into what's going on at your end of the world. And there's a lot of really neat stuff to learn about Reggie and for me to ask him and to see some video on his one totally redo. Gorgeous from one to another. Can't wait to show it to you. Dorman Products creates hundreds of new automotive replacement products every month. Part of what makes Dorman so unique is their ideation of new and innovative products. They have dedicated teams all across the U.S., Mexico, and Canada looking for new product ideas. Since every solution starts with a problem, these teams of researchers, field analysts, product specialists, and contributors consistently visit repair shops and make field calls. Now, this is to best understand the problems the industry is facing. In certain cases, Dorman will manufacture aftermarket replacements so you aren't forced to go back to the OE. Other times, experts take it an additional step, further solving what made the original part problematic in the first place. Solving for a problem is what powers the innovation engine at Dorman. Dorman Products has become an incredible engine for innovation. They are constantly bringing new replacement parts to the automotive industry, and they routinely release tens of thousands of parts across all different categories. Now, why did they do all of this? To enable technicians the freedom to fix their customers' cars and trucks. To do this, Dorman has dedicated teams focused on different aspects of the vehicle to ensure that they are meeting the needs of the aftermarket. Although a lot of their parts are reverse engineering of original equipment, they also redesign and redefine solutions such as their loaded knuckles or programmable electronic power steering rack. Dorman has invested in these OE Fix innovations to help you save time, your customer money, and prevent vehicles from coming back to your shop. In certain cases, Dorman will manufacture aftermarket replacements so you aren't forced to go back to the OE. Hey, want to know more about Dorman? Visit dormanproducts.com forward slash tour. Hey, thank you so much, Dorman. Hey, Reggie, thanks for being on. I just counted five episodes with me in just a very short time, so I appreciate your wisdom and always your support to come on and talk about good stuff. One of the really cool things that happened with Reggie and me and a whole bunch of other guys was we did some episodes on the art and science of dispatching. And Reggie, the first episode we did was in May, and it was Remarkable Results 849, and it was with Dan Taylor. And when we got done with that episode, it was like, duh, we need training in this department. We talked ourselves into the fact that dispatching could be the next frontier and important position in a company. And then 
I got all excited and said, hmm, got to have Reggie back and let's build a panel together. John Long, Nick Howard, and Steve Braun, and you. And we just kind of brainstormed on Dispatch. And since then, so many people have reached out to me having heard those episodes and saying, why didn't we think of that? (laughs) And so tell me about your great experience talking about uh, Dispatch. Well, for one, the episode was a blast. Just It's fun to get into a virtual room with a bunch of like-minded people and do some brainstorming and some problem solving. And for us as a multi-shop location, it's something, it's a, I want to say it's a new discovery, but it's not, we've been doing it. We just haven't been doing it at the front of mind. So it has opened up a lot of conversation for us as to who is ultimately responsible for dispatch in our stores. Unlike, I think it was John Long, he has that position in his stores. We don't currently, but we're evaluating that and evaluating how that works in the economics of the shop to have somebody, what's the impact? What does that gain for us in efficiency? And I suspect that it could be the initial like napkin math tells me that it's something that could pay dividends. I love napkin math. Trust me. I have been in meetings where deals were done on napkins and I actually did a blog post on that. Look, when I was chatting about this whole dispatch thing, so, well, we got a parts man and he kind of watches over the shop and he's the shop foreman. And I said, well, give him another title, call him dispatcher or change from shop foreman to dispatcher or just say that our shop foreman or our shop manager really has the responsibilities of dispatching. And the thing that came out of those episodes, and I don't mean to belabor this point, but we gain listeners every day, all the time. I want them to go back and just go to my website, type in dispatch and listen to those or watch them. It's about the assets. You know, Reggie, that your people, your facility, your base, your equipment, there's these assets in order to flow the work through the your capacity framework, if you will. And to me, the dispatcher is the person who could be pulling the lever and moving the pieces on the board. If that can happen, even how many times can you save 15 minutes when a job goes sideways? A lot of times. If somebody is aware of it and they are empowered to make a change so that now this person gets to work on a different project while that dispatcher person might be the fixer that goes off and gets the part and solves the problem. Yeah, I agree. Hey, so how's business? How far are you booked out? We are comfortably busy. We are booked out a few days. We are staffed up well in our locations and it feels good. You know, last year being three weeks out was fun and exciting in some ways, but the customer experience is not good. So we have added some staff members this year and it's, like I said, steady. Reggie, on purpose in your appointment calendar, do you have slots specifically for waiters or not? We do not specifically have waiter spots, although... In my Euro shop, I guess they don't leave them open, but they specifically schedule waiters for either 8 a.m. and I think it's 2 p.m. That's a little flexible for people that can't fit into those, but they try to keep it as managed as possible so they works with their workflow. Okay, you have three shops. You have Reggie's Motorworks, which is Euro, and you have the new rebranded Noble Mechanic. And you have one store that's on a piece of property right next to, I don't know, 100 feet away, whatever, but they're right next to each other, right? That's correct. Reggie's Order Works and <laughs> Noble. And the first Noble Mechanic. And the first Noble Mechanic. And then 45 minutes down the road is the second Noble Mechanic. I'm saying all that to create a word picture for our listener. And my question is, in your fourth location, would it ever be Euro? Yeah, it very well could be. And I will say I've been evaluating that in my market because of being three weeks out last summer. The question is that particular 
shop that my Euro shop's in, there's no more room to expand it. So my options are to build a new building for it that's, that has a higher capacity, relocate it, or do I open a second Euro store as a relief valve? The short-term solution has been we squeezed another technician in there and we have dispatched better to be more efficient. So for right now, that store is back to being comfortably busy, but we will outgrow it again. So those are all things that are on the horizon. So if you ever want to see the actual tours that we did in Reggie's shops after Market Weekly 109, we're happened to, we're in 166. So it was a bunch of weeks ago. It was June 2022. So about a year ago. So ADAS, would you ever think of finding capacity to do that? It's on my mind constantly. It's just a matter of who and when, and of course, ROI. Who in my organization is willing and capable to do it, or do I have to hire that person? I have a couple of wares that could work within the property that I have. And it's when am I seeing enough of that or captivating enough of that to justify the investment in the equipment and the training? There's a bunch of different models on it that I love as far as working with body shops and things of that nature. Just a lot of irons in the fire at the moment. My good friend, Tom Ciertino, it was Aftermarket Weekly 150 back in March of 2023. Tracy and I went to his shop local and we took some video of his new ADAS equipment and where he set it in his building. And I was recently talking to Tom and he says he's got no problem. He's got now two people doing ADAS. And he said, and it really, with the equipment that he bought, and I think it was Autel, he says, Carm, he says, it really wasn't that hard to teach my one person. And now I'm going for a backup. So I have to say, not to try to say that you can have just anyone. But the technicians that Tom is using to do this, he said it it wasn't a hard train. So I'm not sure that maybe we're overthinking. We're overthinking the people. So another thing that I want to ask you before we get into see this before and after pictures in this tour is, are you short a technician at all? And if you are, what are you doing about it? Right the second, I'm pretty comfortable with technicians. Now, if a master tech or even a a technician with an incredible attitude walked in my door tomorrow, I would certainly find a home for them. Right now, I'm, I'm searching for a service advisor for the store we're going to look at. That's my highest need at the moment. And we've got a couple of good candidates we're looking for for that. But yeah, I'm, I'm okay with technicians and I'm constantly working on the culture that attracts the awesome people. I've got awesome people now. I just want to use that as some attractive mass to attract more. And hopefully we can stay on that path for a little while. We're the gold standard in the industry. We publish eight podcasts a week and we have so much going on with everyone. And we recently did an episode that we included in the notes, 40 some issues on about building culture. And when you looked at that, you could almost write an ad. If your company, you have to actually look, sit down with your people and says, why are we here? Why do you work here? What's our customer come to expect? You get those words and you write your ad. So Karma, I'm working on something right now that is like very contextual to that. I have a couple of positions that I feel like a job description, actually all my positions, we should all have job descriptions, right? Job descriptions tell you basically it's a bulleted list of what you're expected to do every day, but it does nothing for how I do it, how I think, who I am, all these other pieces. So I got inspired last week to write a manifesto of a service advisor. And I wrote this from a first person viewpoint to help with some training. I've since challenged my entire staff to write their own manifesto of their positions in their words. I've got a little raffle going to encourage some participation. I've written my own and shared it with my staff. 
And I am personally writing one for every position in my company to accompany a job description. So it helps us better define who we're hiring, how we're measuring performance, how we're measuring culture, and hopefully we'll set a tone to really grow in a positive way. Look for episode 864 with Chris Lawson on culture. This is a survey done by big corporate people and that they have data to support all these major culture, if you will, tactics inside the company, data to prove this is why you need to have family. This is why you need to have engagement. This is why you, and I think it's going to be one of the most important episodes we do. And if you looked at, go to the website, we'll have a link to those 42 pointers, print them off, find out how many you're with and take those words and to your point, write your either manifesto or your ad. Well, hey, great. Thank you. I always have so much fun talking to you. And I think we click so well on a cerebral level. Thank you. Let's see this tour. Well, here it is. I, this was called Quality Auto Care or Auto Clinic in Kokomo, Indiana. And it's a generally a, a good building. It's nice block building. And we've decided to modernize the colors, replace the roof. It was just had been in business for 35 years under the same owner. And he was your classic owner, operator, service advisor, wore all the hats up front. This is a before. This is a before. This is the wood paneling is indicative of its era. And yeah, generally is in good condition. Plenty of reading material and things out here. As we look around out here and when we get into the after video, we've made some major changes out here. We've removed some walls. Like right now you're walking in and there's the first two bays. And where that Jeep is, the wall next to the Jeep is so close that you can't really put a lift there. And then you walk into this and there's another bay. And then there's a concrete block wall. And then there's another bay. And my understanding was that before it was a mechanical shop, it was a body shop. So I suspect that this was a paint booth. And then the store came with 35 years of accumulated stuff. Some of it's stuff that we wanted to clean up and continue to use, and a lot of it went in the dumpster. Actually, some of the antiquated equipment that my folks don't use, I put up on Facebook for free for any enthusiast. The amount of Cadillac manuals I gave away was incredible. Did you keep the lathe or not? I did keep the lathe. I don't know if we've used it, but it's not worth anything, and yet sometimes you need one. Here's a question. I think I need to do a survey with every shop owner that I know. Do you have a lathe? Yes or no? And when is the last time you used it? It's almost like something we never want to throw away. It was something from our high school years, and we just can't throw away the tassel from our graduation. <laughs> and anyway, go ahead, roll the tape. If that space is where I have to put my ADOS equipment, then I'll put it for free on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, very good. And it's a typical shop of 30 years old. I mean, this is what it looks like in so many shops. I guess the encouragement of showing this video before and after is to motivate shop owners out there to maybe want to do a, a cleanup. Sure. I guess it's kind of like the adage of a boiling a frog in water. You live in this space every day for 35 years. All the accumulation, you don't notice it because it's one little piece of paper and one little thing at a time. Oh, there's the old candy ball machines. Look at that. Yeah, candy machines, that Mountain Dew machine out front. That And that this, if you want to pause, this is a church pew, which was the client seating arrangement. Mm, I wouldn't sit on that. Resourceful. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't sit on that. We pushed that out pretty quick. And nothing against any of these publications, but... It was heavily weighted in one direction as far as the reading material for the clients there. And so my question is, stop the tape on that. If 60 to 70% of our clients are women, and I don't know what your ratio is, Reggie, it looked like the wrong kind of books. 
Yeah, I mean, Guns and Ammo, Bow Hunter, you know, for those that aren't watching the video, again, great publications, but is that all I want in my client lounge? Yeah, you needed to have a mix. Did you take the publications out or did you change the mix? We changed the mix. Okay, cool. Yeah. And that looks like a typical shelf of, I don't know what to do with this, so throw it in the junk pile, right? That's exactly it. A lot of treasure in there for someone. (laughs) So here's a new sign. Look at this. Here's the new video. And in this city, that three-year, 36,000-mile warranty, obviously you talk to a lot of shop owners that have that and beyond. In this town, we're uh, like sprucing up the outside of this building and putting up three years, 36,000-mile warranty has raised a ton of eyebrows. So it's it's gotten us a lot of attention. The inside is just very different from what it was. There's the new logo too. Isn't that sharp? I mean, really nice job on that. Thank you. Just modernize the colors modernize the feel, tried to bring it upscale a little bit. Did you take the paneling off or did you put drywall over it? We took it off. Okay. Yeah. Nice couches, uh, bright. I love the modern colors. I think you did a great job with that. Well, that, I had an interior designer that helped with that. So I hold the tape on that. I think it's really cool to see a tool bench that's holding your coffee. It's almost the ambiance of the shop. We use one of those in all of our shops, all three right now. Usually they're not in that capacity. Usually they're behind the desk and we keep things like customer keys in them or even office supplies. But yeah, to pay that little homage to what we do, but not put wrenches and used parts and things out there. We didn't have a before of the bathroom. This office didn't exist before. This office was framed out and replaced part of the long counter that was there before. The bathroom is small, but it's nicer than it was. It still had the old mechanics towel loop in there before for the clients to use, the recycled deal. This back here was the owner's office. There used to be a little half wall that came to the left of that door. And we've made it a break and training room or conference room. It's where we have our weekly meetings. The kitchenette used to be another bathroom that was a private for the owner. So we removed that and made it so folks could prepare food and have a place to hang out. Out here, we still have some remnants of our renovation. That desk there was the old owner's desk and was the temporary service advisor location while we were doing the renovations. Yeah, out here, again, walls have been removed. Three total walls removed to open up the space and makes the shop feel a whole lot bigger. You can kind of see right there that wood on the wall. And if we catch a glimpse up at the ceiling, you can see where the walls were. And in this back room, we replaced the clapped out in-ground lift with the Hunter alignment system and the Hunter tire machines. We are one of the few places in this town that has... A road force? Yeah, definitely the road force and Hunter equipment and modern alignment in general. There's a couple other in town, but it's a pretty decent sized town and not a lot of people doing alignments. When you say decent sized town, give me an idea. How many people? I'm never good at knowing that number for a town. It's an old blue collar town. There's a Chrysler transmission plant there. Lots of automotive history. We're on Apperson Way. Haynes Apperson were some of the earliest cars in history. It's a rich automotive town. It's Noble, Illinois? No, it's Kokomo, Indiana. Kokomo, Indiana. I'm going to get you an answer. 50, is it K-O-M-O? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 59,000. 59,000. As of 2021, 59,000. Do you think that's the right number? It sounds like the right number. Yeah. Okay, cool. Because what I find so interesting is you're basically saying to me, we don't have 336. We're in a town of 60,000 people. There's not a lot of alignments going on. It's brilliant, but yet underserved. It's an interesting town to work in. It's very, very, very different than Noblesville. 
And I knew that going into it. And the demographics in the city are very different than what I'm used to. And we still have a learning curve there. I ran some numbers. I don't commit these to memory, but I ran some numbers on rooftops and income and things of that nature. And the numbers there were lower of my target client. In Noblesville, I target clients that are 75,000 and above. In Kokomo, I'm targeting 50,000 and above. And the quantity of clients that fit that criteria is smaller than I might like to have. But at the same time, I know there is, it's still a huge number, right? And it's still a number of people that don't have the level of service that we have in our Noblesville store. And people do appreciate that. Our reviews are outstanding in both locations. And we're trying to be different in this community in that we provide the three-year, 36,000-mile warranty and the loaner cars and all of those accoutrements that some of the higher-performing shops provide just in a town that's a little different. I love the idea. And I think this is a big takeaway by studying who your client base is, what their average income is, and plan to provide services to them based on what you know, what you're learning and, you know, who's your target customer. Hey, uh, you having any fun being a coach for Transformers? Oh, I have a lot of fun. I have awesome clients to work with. It's a blast to share and try to circumvent some of the mistakes I made earlier on. If I can help people save time and, and fast track past some of that, that's a huge reward. Yeah. So you keep growing and knocking down walls and repainting and everyone wants to keep up with you then. That's the goal, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's not a bad idea to do a little remodeling. I mean, if you think about homes, think about new windows and maybe a driveway thing or a deck on the back. And we do this stuff around our homes, but we sometimes don't think enough about the business that earns us our livelihoods. Yes. Great to see it. Any final words to share with us? If you are that shop owner that's been in the same shop for 20 or 30 years, have somebody else walk through it. Somebody that's a fresh set of eyes or figure out how to put yourself in a different state of mind and walk through it. And if you intend to keep it for a while, or even if you're planning an exit, investing some money and updating it could make it very attractive for customers or for other buyers. I love it. A fresh set of eyes. And if you're lucky enough to be in a peer group, and they travel the country and go to shops, they not only go to help you, they go there to help themselves. That's right. And we're having the luxury of going to a COO meeting this week and hanging out with a bunch of Transformers COOs. To, we're going to do some episodes there. So we're really excited about that. Reggie Stewart, thank you so much. Reggie Stewart, Reggie's Motorworks and the Noble Mechanic, two locations, Noblesville, Indiana and Kokomo, Indiana, right? That's right. And it was great. Great before and after. Thank you for the motivation to go out and throw some paint, knock down some walls. Good stuff, Reggie. Thanks. Well, thanks, Karim. It's always an honor to be here. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.